0: Welcome back to the show, Transcend Human Podcast. Great to have you with us. We are still in a series called Conscience-Driven Therapy, although we are wrapping it up quick. Um, This is the next to the last episode. So like I said, great to have you with us. Uh, If you've been here for the entire series, that's awesome. Thank you for joining us. I hope you're enjoying the content and getting something out of it. If this is your first time, you're just diving in and you're like, hey, what's this Transcend Human podcast all about? Um, You jumped in in a really weird place. So we are in chapter nine of Conscience Driven Therapy. So if you are interested in this content, back up about eight weeks, nine weeks and start with chapter one or go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast and listen to the first episode, whatever works for you. All right, let's jump into the minute of transparency for the week. Um, this week, I'm calling it The Artist's Way. So I really struggled this week when I was trying to come up with a good story for the minute of transparency. Um, you know, Maybe it was because the trans and human concept is so broad. I mean, I I don't know. Whatever it was, I just couldn't find something that really fit. And then at some point, the book The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron popped into my mind. Probably because when I when I think back to that time in my life when I when I read that book and and to the things that it did for me, it just seems appropriate given the stuff that we're going to talk about on the podcast today. So let's back things up a few years, maybe four or five years, uh, and the simple explanation is that I just wasn't in a good place. So I've already told two stories on this podcast: one about me losing my job unexpectedly. Uh, which happened actually around that time that I read this book. And then the other was my struggle with alcohol, which had been going on a lot longer than that. Uh, That started back in Indiana and was most likely tied to a variety of themes. I mean, you can throw depression out there, selfishness, uh, a desire for comfort, I guess a chronic desire for comfort, living the comfortable life, uh, a perceived lack of control over my future, and possibly from not living up to my potential. I think I think there was some of that going on where I just I knew that I had something I was supposed to do in life, and I just wasn't even close to doing it. So, but anyways, regardless of what it was that started me drinking, uh, over over time it just became an addiction, plain and simple. Uh, I I probably could have won the lottery and had everything going for me financially, career-wise, marriage, family, like everything could have been rolling along at a perfect pace, but that wouldn't have fixed anything. I still would have had to figure things out when it came to alcohol. Otherwise, my life would not have progressed, right? So, By that point, drinking had become a daily thing, which obviously led to social problems, relational problems, and I was right on the edge of being involved in legal problems. Uh, But aside from that, the biggest thing that alcohol did for me, uh, it was that it kept me in a fog, in, in a tunnel, so to speak, where the drinking was really the main focus and everything else seemed like too much work. So enter Julia Cameron. I purchased the book, The Artist's Way, simply because I was getting more and more interested in writing at the time. Uh, At some point, I did a Google search on the top 10 books on writing. And then from that list, I found six, seven, eight that sounded interesting. So I added them to my Amazon cart and I hit purchase. When the books arrived, The Artist's Way uh, was the first one I read. Now, I'm not really sure why I picked it first. um, But looking back, it was probably a God thing, right? It was something karma related or or whatever because her book hit me like a Mack truck. And the funny thing is it wasn't even for the reason I bought the book. The information on writing was awesome, but it was the other stuff that really impacted me. So I just wanted to kind of talk through four of the things that I learned when I read The Artist's Way that helped me transcend human, which is our topic for today. Helped me transcend human from that day forward. Number one, it's okay to call yourself an artist. Now, I'm not sure why I struggled with this for so long, but I always downplayed my creative side. I just viewed it as something I did when I was bored, right? Small writing projects, the ability to doodle and draw, my ability to fix things that other people couldn't really fix, uh, the fact that I was in architecture in college for the first two years. But I always put myself down because none of them seem to work out as a career, right? It's because I just wasn't as good as other people. And since I wasn't doing it for a living, how could I call myself an artist or a creative and definitely not a writer? I mean, don't you have to be published to call yourself a writer? But Julia called this out in me, right? She got me to see that creativity is within each and every one of us. And instead of downplaying it, we need to embrace it, whether it's our, our full-time job or whether it's the thing we just do in our spare time. Number two, alcohol is a stumbling block to your creativity. Now, obviously, given my situation, this was a very helpful thing for me to hear. I mean, with everything that I was going through, to me, alcohol was the perfect remedy, right? I was, I was at the point in my life where I probably would have told you I deserved a drink. I mean, with everything that's happening to me, with the way that life has rolled me, I deserved a drink. But again, Julia called me out and forced me to see the truth about alcohol. And who better? In the book, Julia is very transparent about her own struggle with alcohol and how it kept her from being all that she was created to be. It was like looking in the mirror and coming face to face with my own struggles. Looking back, I can't remember when I stopped drinking, but I'm pretty sure this book had something to do with it. Another book to read, if you if you kind of connect with this whole concept of substance use and how it impacts your creativity, um, I would recommend you picking up On Writing by Stephen King. Another amazing book that I read right around that time. Number three, Morning Pages. So one of the main elements in, in Julia's book is this thing called morning pages. And the idea is to basically get up in the morning, probably fairly early, and write three longhand pages about the first things that come to your mind, things that can be absolutely meaningless, just random thoughts, random ideas, whatever, you're com- whatever comes to your head, write them down. Why? Why? Well, the way it works is that you get all of your random thoughts down on paper at the beginning of the day to clear your mind for what comes next. And in these pages, you just might find inspiration, ideas about yourself, your past, how you feel right now, dreams about your future, all sorts of things you didn't know you had in there. So I stuck to this process, and I did this for quite a while. It was liberating to say the least, and I should really still be doing it today, but after a while, I transitioned into the whole transcend human thing in the mornings, and I haven't looked back. Now, Julia may not approve, but it's where I'm at my journey. Number four, the artist's date. So another element of Julia's process is a weekly date with yourself, a creativity date. Uh, she explains it this way. It's a weekly expedition to explore something that anchors or interests you. It may be a trip to a bird store, to a children's bookstore, to a flower shop, to a museum. It does not need to be high art. In fact, if we think of our creative self as being an inner youngster, we will be on the right track. So basically, it's just getting away from the rat race in order to explore the world around us. And this is something that I totally failed at. Not because I was confused about it or I didn't understand the concept, It had more to do with the craziness of life for me, being a husband and a father, and all the family activities that were on the schedule. But at the end of the day, I'm sure I've used that excuse for all sorts of things, right? Like not having the time to do morning pages, or not having time to exercise. You get the picture. But I wanted to include this because in my heart, I fully believe that she knows what she's talking about. If I could only make this a weekly habit, I know that it would add a level of peace that I don't currently have. So there you go. Four things I learned from Julia Cameron. Of course this is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the content in her book, right? The artist's way is so much more than this, but these are the things that really made sense to me to talk about in this episode. I would definitely recommend you read the book if you haven't already. That said. Let's jump into our episode for today. Chapter nine Transcend Human. The first part we're going to look at is finding our mission. The second, we are what we value. And the third, living the transcend human lifestyle. Number one, finding our mission. So, the first thing that I wanted to cover is the connection between transcend human and conscience driven therapy. So, in this series, I make it look like transcend human is part of Conscience-Driven Therapy. But at the same time, we're doing a series called Conscience-Driven Therapy, and it's on the Transcend Human podcast, which kind of suggests that Conscience-Driven Therapy is part of Transcend Human. So which is it, right? Which came first? Well, the simple answer isn't really all that simple. So what I did is I sat down and I took some time to really try to put everything down on paper, think things through, and kind of develop an order of things. So here we go. The first book that I ever wrote was called Controversy Theory. So it was my theory on the human condition and how it impacts our lives, often in a negative way. Remember our phrase, first understand, then act? Well, this was the first understand part. Next came conscience-driven therapy, at least in concept. I didn't write the book, but I knew that it was the next logical step in the process. So I created an outline and I kind of began the process of thinking through each chapter and all of the different things that it could address. Fast forward to 2019. I started having these thoughts and these ideas surrounding Transcend Human. And I got super excited, right? Because it seemed like this new idea with endless possibilities. So I started writing and then that led to the podcast. And now here we are a hundred episodes later. So over time, this is how I've come to kind of view all three and how they interact with each other. So let's just call transcend human, the overarching umbrella. So it's a much simpler concept, right? The idea of transcending human And it can be applied to hundreds of different topics, some that go together and others that have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And that's great. But what I was finding was that each of my topics kept pulling in ideas and concepts from where? Controversy theory. So for those of you who've been around for a while, you'll probably remember this at the very beginning that I did a few episodes and then all of a sudden I just dove into controversy theory. And we literally knocked that entire series out early on in the podcast. It made sense to do this because it seemed like it had become a foundation for everything else I was doing. So after we finished that, we went back to random topics. Then at some point we did a series on parenting, and finally I got around to doing this series on conscience-driven therapy. So if Transcend Human is the umbrella, then why is it a chapter in conscience-driven therapy? Great question. And the simple answer is this. So, conscience-driven therapy is the action, right? It's taking our knowledge from controversy theory and putting it into action in our lives. Transcend Human is all about action as well. I mean, it's in the name. Transcend. It's a verb. It's an action word. According to dictionary.com, to transcend is to rise above or go beyond overpass, exceed. So it makes sense that as we walk through conscience-driven therapy, one of the things that we can do is adopt the transcend human lifestyle, which is this daily habit of working to rise above the human condition. Now, that last statement should sound very familiar, right? Because it's part of the mission statement of transcend human. So let's go there for a minute and let's look at the mission statements and or subtitles of each of the projects that we've just talked about, starting with Controversy Theory. So the subtitle of Controversy Theory is the Origin of the Human Condition. Next, we have Transcend Human, how we can rise above the human condition. Then we have Conscience-Driven Therapy, subtitled Learning to Transcend the Human Condition and even transcendent parenting. Um, I gave it a subtitle of proactive parenting within the human condition. So you can kind of see the way each of these concepts and ideas and series and books all play off of the other and how they're all connected on some level. Now this might seem trivial, but as we begin this chapter on transcend human, we need to start thinking about it in this mindset, right? And we need to go back to the beginning with a mission statement how we can rise above the human condition, which is the basically the mission statement of transcend human. Now we're not gonna spend a lot of time here, but let's at least pull out the major elements of this sentence and see what we're talking about. Starting with the word we, how we can rise above the human condition. So in order to transcend human, we must first understand the universality of the controversy the universality of the human condition. The fact that we're not alone. We're all in this together. Nobody is better or less than anyone else. Nobody has a leg up on anyone else when it comes to getting out of the human condition. A perfect example of this is cancer. So cancer and other medical conditions are part of the human condition. It just is part of life. It doesn't care where you live. It doesn't care who you're related to, how much money you have. If it chooses to find you, it'll find you. That's the human condition. And that's the word we. Next is the words rise above. Now, this is the action part of it, right? The action statement, the idea that we have to do something, to stand up, to get out of bed, and to be proactive in deciding how we want our lives to go. Nobody's going to do it for us. There's no easy button, right? It's on us to live our best life. And the word above suggests leaving something lower, something less than, so that we're in a position that supersedes the common or the routine or the mundane. Next is this concept of the human condition. So this is what we're trying to rise above. The human condition is the common, the routine, the mundane thing in life. It's the standard operating procedure It's the default life that each of us experiences and the world suggests is normal. But it's a way of living that is often informed by or defined by the sin virus. And since the sin virus was brought to us by Satan himself, it makes sense that the human condition is tainted, right? It's a tainted version of the life that God created for us. So we can kind of look at it this way. When God created us, The human condition was perfect. So maybe we call this human condition version 1.0. But when Satan brought us the sin virus and we agreed to it, we lost version 1.0, right? Satan altered the perfect state of our existence and he pushed human condition version 2.0 to the production server. So this is where we find ourselves living today. We're living in human condition version 2.0 which is a far less than perfect operating system, very similar to things like Windows Millennium, or Windows 8, or Windows Vista for that matter. I just thought I'd throw that in there for all of you IT nerds. Basically, we are now living life in less than ideal conditions. We moved from the perfect life that wasn't supposed to end to one that will now end and is full of painful elements along the way. This is the human condition that Transcend Human is talking about. It's the one that we're trying to rise above. Now, to wrap up this section, let's just say that it's important to have this as our mission, right? To rise above the human condition, version 2.0. That's what we're about. Number two, we are what we value. So once we truly believe that it's our mission— To rise above the human condition, the obvious question is, well, how do you do that? So transcend human has a few suggestions and they come in the form of values statements. Now, obviously these aren't the only values that matter. These are just the ones that transcend human chose to focus on and document on the website. And these are values that we've talked about before. So they are truth, transparency, growth, and love. And if you're interested in much more detail on that. Go to transcendhuman.com, go to the about page, and there's a whole page full of mission, vision, and values. Uh, There's also a PDF version in case you want to download that, uh, read it all later. So there's that. Now, we touched on these right before we started this series in episode 96. It was called Transcend Human Revisited, and it was kind of like a a new on-ramp for Transcend Human that I put out at the beginning of this year, first episode of season three. Um, But we really just address them at a a high level in that episode, right? It helped to define the DNA of what Transcend Human is. But after the mission statement, these four values are really the genetic building blocks that hold the entire idea together. So let's walk through them um, from a slightly different vantage point. So instead of viewing these things as what transcend human beliefs, let's ask the question this way. What if we lived our lives as if we fully believed in these four values? What if we wrote them on a sticky note and placed them on our bathroom mirror or on the dashboard of our car and looked at them each day asking ourselves if we're living up to those beliefs and if we're making good decisions based on them or if we've gotten off track and if we're living in direct conflict with them? That's really how I want to focus on them today. So let's run through them and and see what they all have to do with. So starting with the value of truth. Within truth, there's two elements that we're going to talk about. We've got absolute truth and we've got living controversy aware. So absolute truth, right? It's, It's this concept that there are some things that just are, things that exist whether we want them to or not. So these are realities, constants, like gravity or like the boiling point of water, right? These are constants that provide us two options. First, we can either spend our lives trying to dispute and disprove them, or number two, we can spend our lives building on the solid foundation of those truths and progress, right? It's up to us. But in order to transcend human, we must come to an understanding that absolute truth exists, And the sooner we admit this, the sooner we can move on to the next level in our development. The next concept is living controversy aware. So according to Transcend Human, the controversy is an absolute truth. God is an absolute truth. Lucifer, now called Satan, is an absolute truth. And the sin virus is an absolute truth. And Wrapping all that up is this battle or this controversy, we call it, between God and Satan. And we believe that that is an absolute truth. So it's an absolute truth or basically something that we must believe in order to have an accurate worldview, in order to see the world for what it is, to to see clearly using the filter of the controversy. And that's what it means to be controversy aware. Next, let's talk about the value of transparency. So the same here, there's two elements to transparency. The first is a willingness to be transparent with ourselves, and the second is a willingness to be transparent with other people. So first, being transparent with ourselves. You would think that being transparent with other people would be the harder thing, but actually, it's pretty hard for us to be transparent with ourselves to fully know ourselves and to understand what's going on under the hood. Basically, to do a ruthless inventory of our lives, our thinking, our behaving, our emotional state, our tendencies, our rationalizations, our weaknesses, our blind spots, our addictions, and the list goes on and on. What if we did a full investigation, left no stone unturned? What if we asked every hard question, got the correct answer, wrote it all down, and then printed off the completed document. That would be us choosing transparency within ourselves, with our lives. Now, next is being transparent with others. Like we said, this is hard too. But once we have our transparent investigative report completed, we'll just call it that, uh, do we just file it away or do we allow other people to read it? Well, Transcend humans suggests that if we file it away, we won't transcend anything. But if we're willing to share it with others, there's no telling how far we can go. Now, obviously there are boundaries, right? You don't take your report and publish it on the internet for every person on the planet to see and read. There are limitations to our transparency and who you should be transparent with. So let's just talk about a few levels, right? Obviously, there's... God, there's your creator. Um, I'm pretty sure you should be transparent with him, even though he already knows everything, right? He still loves you bringing your thoughts and ideas and concerns to him. Next, your partner or your spouse. So this is probably the person you should be the most transparent with in your life here on earth. When the Bible explains the two shall become one, what do you think that meant? We're supposed to live together but keep all of our secrets from each other? Not at all. Marriages that are open and transparent have a far greater chance of making it than marriages where secrets reign supreme. Next, you have this weird level of therapists and counselors. So this is a very unique relationship to be sure. You don't even know the person when you first go to see them, but in order for them to help you, you need to be as transparent as possible. Like I said, strange relationship, but it's a very important one. Next is your family. So a family should be a safe place where people can be themselves and open up about the things they struggle with as well as their dreams and aspirations. In episode 88 called Transcending Secrecy, we spent an entire episode diagnosing the issues that occur when families choose not to be transparent with each other. Next, you have friends and acquaintances. So on a lower level, right? This is transparency that you have with friends, acquaintances, coworkers, that kind of level, which is just lower than the other levels of transparency. And then finally, we'll just say the world at large, strangers, people you come in contact with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now you may balk at this and say, why are we even talking about this group? They have no right to my transparency. And you'd be right on some level. But what if there were times when public transparency can actually make the world a better place. Think about the last autobiography you read, where the author opened up about the difficult time in his or her life. Think about me, think about Transcend Human, trying to be transparent about some of the things that I went through in my life, even things that I did that were embarrassing or things that got me into trouble. Is that wrong? I don't think so. In fact, I think this is next level transparency, When we get to a place where we're so comfortable with who we are and our value as a person that we can be transparent for the greater good, for the benefit of others. Next up, the value of growth. So, this one has three elements the first, being proactive versus reactive, the second, becoming a lifelong learner, and the third, moving from consumer to contributor. But first, being proactive versus reactive. Now, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this one because we literally just covered it last week. In chapter eight, knowing is half the battle, we spent an entire section talking about being proactive, how we can choose in advance how we want to live and how we want to react to things when they come our way. Instead of having no plan and just walking into situations blind, and then blowing things up because we didn't realize, you know, ahead of time that we needed to think it through, right? Before the situation even occurred. Now, this is an important piece of the puzzle. And we wrapped everything up with this whole concept of a personalized plan of attack or a PPA, which we'll chat a little bit more about here in a minute as well. Next, becoming a lifelong learner. Let me start by apologizing to anyone listening to this who is uh, still in high school or college, because my guess is that this sounds terrible, right? You want nothing more than to get out of school ASAP and then not have to study ever again, right? But it probably wouldn't take me long to convince you otherwise, because we are high-capacity beings. We have the ability to learn new things every day. Sure, we can go and become stagnant and choose not to learn new things, but what a waste. And I almost think it's harder to choose not to learn things than it is to learn new things. So Transcend Human believes that the only way that will transcend anything is to adopt an attitude of growth. So here are just a few of the things that we can learn from every single day. We can learn from our creator, from ourselves, from our partners and spouses, our kids, the world around us, uh, a new hobby. Historical information, a new skill, another culture or people group, other genders, and the list goes on and on. The last word on this, never stop learning. All right, finally, let's let's talk moving from consumer to contributor. So let me clarify just right out of the gate. We're not saying stop being a consumer, right? As human beings, we're actually built to consume. I mean, think about it. We are sensory beings. And when you think about our senses, they're all about consumption. We see things, we hear things, we smell things, we eat things, we feel things. All things coming into our bodies on some level, being experienced, ingested, or consumed. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, enjoy a good movie. Read a good book every now and then. Have Giordano's pizza whenever you get the chance. But balance things out. Right? As a human being, God created us in his image. God is creative. That means we're creative. That means we come up with things, unique things, ideas. And that's our contribution. That's how we become a contributor. Some people write, some draw, some make movies, some sing, some dance, some are amazing athletes, some heal, some legislate. I mean, think of all the creative things that people do in the world from their careers, to their hobbies, to their talents. At the end of the day, don't overlook your unique contribution to this world. Move in that direction. Yes, consume things, but make sure to give back as well. And finally, the value of love. So again, two elements here. First is because he first loved me. And the second, living the other's first lifestyle. So because he first loved me, obviously this comes from the Bible, right? And this overlaps a bit with our conversation about absolute truth. And we also touched on this in chapter four, the first step toward health and healing. When we discuss the idea that we all have intrinsic value and that we need to understand that value before two things can happen. First, before we'll ever love ourselves enough to care for ourselves And second, before we'll ever have the capacity to love others. So, this is monumental, and why we talked about it as a first step on the path to health and healing. We need to understand this absolute truth God created us, He loves us, He would have come to earth to save us if we were the only person on the face of the planet. Now, that's a mouthful, but let it sink in, right? Let it sink deep into your soul. God created us he loves us, and he would have come to earth to save us if we were the only person on the face of the planet. Now, because this is the foundation of living a life with purpose and meaning, don't let it go over your head. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Very important, because he first loved me. I have value. Next, living the other's first lifestyle. So like we said, When we come to an understanding of our value, we start treating others better. Isn't that crazy? And we also see that if I have value, so does everyone else God created, which means we're all equally important. And this is what kind of softens out that hard exterior. It allows us to live more like Jesus lived, right? With the other's first mindset. I'm assuming we all remember the WWJD bracelet craze, right? W-W-J-D stands for what would Jesus do, right? And if you read the Bible, you'll see that T-W-J-D, that's what Jesus did. T-W-J-D. Man, I should make my own bracelets. He loved others first. That's what Jesus did. So what does that look like for us? Maybe it's putting others first. Maybe it's holding the door for people. Maybe it's helping people when they drop something or when they have a flat tire. Maybe it's offering food or money to a homeless person. Maybe it's giving money to charitable organizations. Maybe it's helping kids in need by providing a safe place, uh, maybe for your kids' friends in your home. Maybe it's being a foster parent. I mean, all good things. But for me, there's always been this interesting invisible line. I would say that I try to put others first, But when I really look at the things that I've done, they're often things that hover on this side of the line. And what is that line? Let's just call it the comfort line, right? I've been super helpful to people in ways that is pretty comfortable to me. Or said another way, I don't often go outside my comfort zone to help others. But maybe for me, that's a big area of growth, an area that I need to lean lean into more. Doing things for others that requires me to be inconvenienced, to get dirty, to miss out on things, to lose sleep, or maybe to give something up in order to complete the task at hand. That's living the other's first lifestyle. Now, I don't know that I'm there yet, or even close, but I understand what I need to do to get there. So that's it for this section. The four values of transcend human, or better said, the four things that we can place value on in order to move to the next level. Number three, living the transcend human lifestyle. So we're going to wrap things up by just calling it the transcend human lifestyle, which is strange, right? Because we're in a series called Conscience Driven Therapy, So, shouldn't we call it living the conscience driven lifestyle or living the CDT lifestyle or something like that? I mean, sure, those both sound great. But I'm really leaning more and more toward the idea that conscience driven therapy is a tool that we can use as we attempt to transcend human, that transcending human is the overarching goal. And we must understand controversy theory and use tools like conscience driven therapy in order to achieve it. Now that was another mouthful, so let me say it one more time. I'm leaning more and more toward the idea that conscience-driven therapy is a tool that we can use as we attempt to transcend human, that transcend human is the overarching goal, and that we must understand controversy and use tools like conscience-driven therapy in order to get there or to achieve it. All right, so let's walk through a very simple outline of what the transcend human lifestyle looks like. Number one, get on mission. We already talked about that earlier today, which is to rise above the human condition. Number two, live by your values. I threw out four, truth, transparency, growth, and love. But feel free to add more. I mean, add values that mean something to you specifically. Things that help you take steps forward in life. Number three, use the tools you have. So we've spent the last nine weeks walking through conscience-driven therapy. And in that time, we've walked through a number of tools, right? We've talked about the landmines and minefields inventory, the assets and strengths inventory, the personalized plan of attack or PPA, and the cognitive reframing workflow or the E-T-O-T-O worksheet. So all good tools, but again, not the only tools. These are just simple tools that you could use as you work toward living the Transcend Human lifestyle. Next, number four, change your world view. So on the Transcend Human podcast, most of our episodes um, are about a felt need topic, right? So here's just an example of a few transcending short-sightedness, transcending negativity, transcending drama, transcending balance, transcending differences. See what I mean? In each episode, what we're trying to do is suggest that the transcendent way is different than the worldly way, right? We're trying to figure out what is the transcendent way to view that thing. So for example, if the topic was transcending anger, we would look at what anger is. We would define it, right? We would talk about how the world looks at it, how people give in to their anger, how it impacts us. And then we would discuss what we can do to rise above it. How can we proactively choose to react differently than the world assumes we will? And that's just a really simple example, right? What if if we all adopted this worldview on all of the things that are problem areas for us? What if we did that ruthless and transparent moral inventory on ourselves, documented our weaknesses and our blind spots, then ran each of those things through this new filter? What would it look like to view the world this way moving forward? Number five, start a new rhythm. So do something new, learn something new, start contributing in a new way. Or maybe it's as simple as creating a new ritual or habit. Like we talked about in the minute of transparency, Julia Cameron had this thing called morning pages and the artist date. Maybe that's something that would work for you. Get started by getting up early each morning or maybe even or just three days a week and writing three longhand pages of whatever comes to your mind. Or maybe Pick a day during the week. Maybe it's every Friday afternoon. You go on an artist date and you do something new. You do something that expands your mind in the area of creativity and just see where those things take you. At this point, the only thing we have holding us back is ourselves or to put it a slightly different way, our superpowers are limited only by our greatest excuses. So let's land the plane. This week, ask yourself the following questions. What does it look like for you to rise above the human condition? Number two, what do you think about the four values? Truth, transparency, growth, and love. Is there something that you can do this week to help move you forward in one of those four areas? Or maybe sit down and brainstorm new values or additional values that you find helpful for you, and then add them to this list and work on those this week. Number three, what would it look like for you to start living the transcend human lifestyle? So just pick one thing this week and try it out. Maybe it's wrestling with one of the four values. Maybe it's downloading the Itoto worksheet and working through some of the irrational thoughts and beliefs that you've uncovered. Whatever it is, stop making excuses and take your next step in the process. And that's it. Thank you so much for being here this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you're enjoying the series as much as I've been. Uh, We are getting so close to the end. Uh, Next week, we wrap things up. Last chapter, chapter 10. um, It's called Becoming a CDT Ambassador. So with that, everyone, have a great week. And as always, keep transcending human.